Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Lightning for the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Banker. And as always, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. I love these things. I use uh, my favorite flavor that I've eaten thus far. I've tried, I've tried pretty much all of them. Uh, my favorite flavor is the banana nut bread one. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. You know, I was not expecting them to taste this good. Uh, so, you know, they're definitely perfect for if you're, you know, you're trying to get out of the house during quarantine, you want to go for a little run. This is the perfect thing to eat if uh, you haven't really eaten anything else and you just want to fill your stomach. So definitely try these things out. They're awesome. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. So how's everybody doing today? Uh, yeah, we have, um, once again, you know, there's a lot of talk in the news about, uh, you know, what, what the NHL is going to do in terms of, you know, when play does come back. And I spoke on the last show about, uh, you know, some of the options that they do have in terms of also how they're going to come back with the restart to the season. And that happens to be with, you know, the playoff format. And it was just a very, just a very strange way. I understand the league once again wants to, you know, compensate those teams and kind of make up for time lost with this 24 team format. But at the same time, I don't know um, how that would work in terms of scheduling wise, because if you really, if you really look at, you know, the timeline, like, like the league has said many times, and I'm sure we're all getting a little sick of it, uh, is that they've said many times that they want to re they want to resume this the season and but at the same time they don't want to do anything that will possibly conflict with next season now let's let's just get something out of out there okay whatever happens with the nhl season this year no matter whatever master plan that commissioner gary bettman has uh whenever they do decide to restart the season next season is already going to be pushed back so i don't understand why they they keep saying this, and and here's another thing, a little, a little, you know, I'm I spoke about it maybe I want to say the last week, is that, you know, I was tired of you know hearing progressive talks. Now here's the thing, just give us something definite. That's all. That's all I'm asking as a hockey man. I'm sure I'm not the other one who's who's kind of frustrated at this point with the league because all we're hearing is progressive talks. We're making progress, you know, this and that, and it's just. It's getting tiring. It's just getting really tiring to to look at the news, whether it's online or in the paper or wherever you get your news from, and you see these things, you know, progressive talks. Okay, what does that mean? Well, we're thinking about, you know, Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver as possible hosting cities. Okay, but here's the thing. How would that work? Are you are you deciding, you know, we're thinking about doing 24 bracketing. Okay, how would that work? Give us a little bit more details. Like, I don't understand. Are they, I don't understand if they're choosing to release the information like that or the information is getting leaked in such a way where there's not exactly, you know, there's not exactly a lot of, you know, thought or maybe information being taken out of such meetings. But it's just give the fans, because I'm sure the players already know. I know there was, uh, after one of my episodes where I actually said the, some of these exact things, uh, it was it was brought to the my attention, and it was actually, the story broke, like, literally right after the show, you know, was up and published, and the, the show tweeted out the link for the episode. 
Um, and by the way, if you don't follow that, go to LO underscore lightning for all news going forward about the show and as well as uh, keeping you guys updated on everything, obviously related to the Tampa Bay Lightning and with uh, the ongoing you know NHL plans of what's going to happen. So, yeah, um, it was really it was brought to our attention. Well, my attention that um, literally seconds after that the players were kind of being difficult, which I mean, if you once you hear the reasoning, you'll understand is that they didn't want to be stuck in one location for, what, three, four months, uh, just because the the plans at that point were to have um, to have have all the teams, uh, whether it was the regular season or the playoffs, uh, be, like, in separate locations. Uh, like, I think at that point, the NHL was really kind of focusing on the North Dakota plan in terms of just having them all in one big facility there. <laughs> Which you can't fault the players. I mean, look at it. Like a lot of these guys, they you know they have families, and especially with everything going on, you don't want to be away from your family, especially for that long. Um, so you can't blame them. And I think that the league needs to be more realistic. As much as I know, and as much as we want them to come back and play, and they they try to think outside the box, I guess with some of these ideas, but you need to understand these, these are human beings that have families and are going to be, you know, rightfully concerned about their loved ones when they're, especially when this will still be a thing. It's not like the NHL is going to start play, uh, is going to restart play for, you know, this year's season. And, you know, the, the coronavirus is going to be gone. I mean, that's wishful thinking. That'd be great if this thing is completely gone by the time they start play. But everything that has been in the news and all the the articles out about it, it doesn't seem like this thing will go away anytime soon. It's going to slowly dwindle off as it's kind of starting to, I guess. I mean, but when I say when I say slowly, I mean, like painfully slow. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where the NHL, I know they want to get stuff back. But at the same time, they need to, you know, be realistic about what the players are going to do. Um, but yeah, let's just go back to, you know, they, they haven't offered much, you know, much news on like what exactly much definite news on like what exactly they're going to do. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating, especially when you hear maybe news from the league once or twice on plans on the progress of what's going on with everything. And it's not really anything different from two, three weeks before, and it's just, come on, guys, like, you gotta, like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, that they should have started making plans, uh, whether it was A, B, and C, maybe, you know, no matter how many plans that they had to make, they should have had a a contingency plan for everything, uh, lining up with a certain kind of timeline. Uh, from the day that they postponed the season. And I don't think they did that. I think they just, honestly, if they did, that's great. But there's not a lot showing for it. But at the end of the day, I mean, it doesn't seem, if they did, there's really not much that they've done. So, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see like we always do. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some other stuff in NHL news. Uh, Colorado Avalanche have announced that for their 25th anniversary in Colorado that they will be bringing back the Nordique jerseys, which is awesome. I think, in my opinion, one of the best 
throwback jerseys that we've seen in a while. I would like to, you know, I would like, I, I think I spoke about this maybe a couple weeks ago on one of my episodes about, you know, jerseys and such and how I thought the Tampa Bay Lightning should bring back, um, bring back kind of like their, I believe it was their 2004 uh, season jerseys, maybe wear those. It's maybe like an alternate in, you know, instead of those all black ones. I mean, the more I look at them, the more I do like the black jerseys, but at the same time, I think that, I don't know, maybe it's just because uh, Major League Baseball does it a lot and the NBA does it uh, to some extent where those two leagues, uh, a lot of the franchises in those leagues wear a lot of throwback jerseys. Um, and I would like to see maybe that done a little bit more in the NHL. I think it would be pretty cool. Um, even if they have like a, even if they do it like once a year, maybe they do like a throwback the clock night across the NHL where every team, of course, I mean, like the Vegas Golden Knights won't obviously be able to do it, but maybe they could do kind of a variation of what maybe their uh, jerseys would have looked like. I don't know, back in the eighties or nineties. Uh, that would be interesting to see how what kind of ideas they would come up, or the league just doesn't schedule them for that night. I mean, I know that's kind of for like Vegas fans. That kind of is a not a good thing. It's kind of a sucky thing for them. But you know what? Um, I think they should put a. I think the whole point of this is to celebrate the NHL's heritage, and I think that that's the best way to do it. Because how else? I mean, you're not going to have the all the the old timers, I wouldn't say old timers because it's a little bit disrespectful, but uh, the former players from all these franchises come out and play maybe like a like a pickup game, I guess, or something like that before the game. I don't know if I don't know how many of those guys would be willing to do that, but I think that the retro jerseys definitely because in terms of a revenue standpoint, you could definitely sell those and people would definitely buy them because I mean for the most part, a lot of those throwback jerseys are really cool and i think that um you know it's just one of those things where you would like to see it every now and then so i mean you know you, you kind of as much as i do like the lightning's blue jerseys uh those are my favorite between the the three jerseys that they wear their home blues i i would like to see them wear the black the black and the black the black throwbacks that they have every now and then uh that they had uh every now and then maybe um once or twice a month you know, or maybe like I said, uh, for, you know, once a year with like the entire, the rest of the league doing a kind of like a throwback or like a, like a homage night to, you know, the players, uh, of the past. So yeah, it's something for the league to maybe think about. Uh, I think it'd be awesome to do that, uh, especially with player returning. Maybe obviously they can't do it this year just because if they do make, if they do start with the playoffs, you know, what's really the point of that, but they could obviously do it uh, next season, uh, maybe like the second week of the season, kind of get kind of to get things started and to kind of uh, lure fans back into it for those who haven't really exactly, you know, came back and watched the game. So this week on Locked On, we're, you know, not only on this show, but on all the other shows across the NHL, we'll be discussing franchise what ifs. And. I was going through some what ifs in lightning history. Some are obvious, some are not so obvious and others are, you just don't really think about them. And the one that I totally forgot about was the 1999 draft. Now for lightning fans that don't know, we're maybe too young or maybe just forgot, uh, during the 1999 draft, 
Uh, the big story was the Sabine twins coming out and, um, you know, the Lightning traded their first round pick for the fourth overall pick and two third rounders from uh, Vancouver. And then the Lightning ended up trading their fourth overall pick to the Rangers for Dan Coulier. And it's just one of those things where the whole theme of that draft was teams, especially obviously the Canucks, who ended up with both of them was the Sedins were coming out of Sweden and they stated early on that they wanted to play together. So, it, you know, whoever drafted one of them in a way had a bargaining trip, bargaining chip with them to kind of, you know, say, hey, if you want the other Sedin, you got to give us A, B and C. And, you know, they were very good players. So to have both of them together was obviously, you know, a big, a big deal. And we all know the Vancouver Canucks ended up maneuvering their way through the draft to get both of them back to back uh, with the second and third overall picks. And so here's the thing. Uh, if you really want to think about it, um, would the lightning have had any chance of getting both? No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, technically they did, but I, I don't know how they would have maneuvered. I mean, they definitely could have gotten one of them. I don't know how they definitely would have had to do some maneuvering and definitely trade away some key pieces at that point to maybe move up. Uh, but I don't know how how good of a chance that they would have been able to get to unless, you know, they had another team draft the other Sedin brother. And then whereas, you know, both of them would have held out until they ended up on the same team where, you know, stuff like that could possibly get, you know, ugly and you don't want to have your start to in the NHL playing with a new franchise, uh, start like that. So I don't know. You never know. Maybe they would have, uh, backed off once they got drafted and realized, you know, you know, let's, let's, we could, we could always in free agency, uh, join the same team, stuff like that. I mean, who knows what if they would have done if they ended up getting drafted by different, uh, teams. Now, here's the thing that stuck out to me. It's, you know, I think that, Championship teams are built on not really so much the players that are drafted in the first, second, third round. They're definitely built on the players drafted in the very late rounds. And, you know, when you go through some NHL drafts, you'll have absolute stacked drafts and then others, not so much so, uh, to where you really have to do some deep, deep diving into the draft and especially go through the late, late rounds. And, one of some of the players that, you know, I kind of wish the, the Lightning didn't miss out on. Um, the other three names that were really big. I mean, if you want to go through every name in this draft, I'm sure we, we could all probably remember a time where we saw that player do something somewhat memorable in the NHL. But for the most part, uh, you know, not a lot of players from that draft ended up playing long careers. But the, the three players that really stood out to me that were all late, Later uh, picks were Ryan Miller, who was drafted uh, with the 138th pick by the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Henrik Zetterberg, who was drafted 210th by the Detroit Red Wings. And Redeem Verbata, who was drafted 212th by the Ottawa Senators. Now, if I had to go back and tell the, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, hey, we need to draft this player. Uh, don't worry about the Sedin twins. Um, you know, just do what you do because I think that they could have drafted. Now, granted, 
all of this is hypothetical. Plus, you know, knowing who who knew how these players were going to really pan out then, you know, knowing what we know now, we're only going off of that. So I would have gone back and said, hey, go for this kid, Henrik Zetterberg. He might be pretty good. I mean, Henrik Zetterberg ha- had a great career with the Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings and uh, he won a couple of cups there up in Detroit. And uh, he was a great leader on that team for many years. Uh, and But here's the thing. How would have he have fared in Tampa? I mean, granted, he did have a lot of good players in, Tam- uh, in Detroit. But at the same time, coming into the league in 99, 2000, you know, you have Vinny LeCavier as well as, you know, Mario St. Louis. I think he would have been fine um, playing on the same line as those guys, especially that would have been a really good line. Um, I don't know how that team would have looked going forward because, of course, at the end of his career, Zetterberg kind of slowed down. Um, who won, Who knows if uh, how good they would have been, though, with, um, you know, if having Stamkos, Zetterberg, St. Louis and Richards, just having those four guys, I think that, you know, they don't just win in 04. They possibly could win, you know, after the lockout. I mean, who knows? Because you got to think about the other teams that are in the conference at that point. You have the Devils, who are still very, very good, Um, you know, and you have the Red Wings as well. But are the Red Wings really as good uh, at that point without Henrik Zetterberg? Are they going to have the same success without him? Um, do they still win those cups? You know, uh, we don't know. We could only go off the information that we have now. So, yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have seen the Lightning get Hendrik Zetterberg. Um, but who knows? They maybe wouldn't have been able to get guys like Kucherov or Hedman. Who knows how today's team would look like if they would have made, you know, one different pick um, back then. But, yeah, that's one of my... My favorite what ifs from the Lightning thus far. I mean, we have a bunch to go with in the future, and we'll 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 discuss them in length, obviously, as we did today. Uh, in the future, going forward, um, the Redeem Verbata. I wouldn't mind have seeing him either on this team. Uh, also, Ryan Miller. I like Ryan Miller. Um, I don't know if they would have ended up going after Ben Bishop. Uh, who knows? Maybe they would have. They ended up going up to Ben Bishop and then eventually uh, getting Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, if I think that if they go after Ryan Miller and, you know, he's as successful as he was in Buffalo with Tampa, I don't know if they feel the need to go after a guy like Andre Vasilevsky. I think that maybe at that point. Then again, I mean, Bishop is, I mean, he's still pretty, uh, still, he's still a pretty productive goaltender right now. Um but would they have gone after Andre Vasilevsky? I don't know. I don't know if they would have felt the need um, to really stack up that much on um, goaltenders. So, I mean, according to the redraft that the NHL had the other day on their their website, uh, the Lightning in a redraft wouldn't have gotten Vasilevsky anyway. I mean, of course, knowing what we know now, he probably would have gone. If teams knew back then how players were going to be now, of course, Vasilevsky would have gone first in that draft, so they probably wouldn't have got him. I don't remember who the player the Lightning would have ended up with. Oh, actually, you know what I do remember? It was uh, Jonas Corposalo, who was originally drafted uh, number 62 by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, he would have gone 10th to 
the Lightning, which, I mean, Corbisal was not a bad goalie. I mean, yeah, he he kind of struggled somewhat last season. And, uh, you know, he's been a decent goalie thus far in his career. And I think that they would have been uh, in good shape with drafting Corpusalo. But then again, who knows? You know, with having the hypothetical situation of Ryan Miller and Ben Bishop in their franchise, who would have known what the Lightning would have done? Or even if they would have had the 10th overall pick, who knows? So, uh, yeah, I mean... You know, that's the one thing we love and, you know, all the Locked on Lightning fans love hearing about here on Locked on Lightning is, uh, you know, the what ifs. I think we play that what if, you know, even though it is a se- official segment this week, uh, you know, I think that we play the what if game a lot more on Locked on Lightning than I think a lot more shows do. But, yeah, I mean, I I got some others uh, in the bag waiting for you guys to hear. Uh, for this week. So listen tight and keep an eye out for the episodes dropping. So yeah, uh, I'm super excited. And once again, you know, I haven't been really doing it as much, but uh, I wanted to thank all the frontline workers, all the essential workers that are out there risking their help, health and doing a lot uh, to really, you know, uh, pull in this pandemic and, you know, to really keep everybody safe and take care of everybody. And I would also like to thank, you know, a new new member, I guess you could say, is uh, of is the teachers. Uh, a lot of these teachers teaching from home, changing their their lesson plan. You know, it's it's no easy feat. I know a couple of teachers who are absolutely killing it from teaching from home. So we we like to thank all of you, all you as well. So keep up the great work, and uh, don't worry, we'll get through this soon, and we'll have hockey back hopefully sooner than later. So that's been it for Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Banker. I'll talk to you later.